Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Father, thank you this morning that we can enter your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. And oh, how we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that this is the day that you have made. Oh, we're going to rejoice. We're going to be glad in it. Thank you, Father, for the rains that are falling out there. Oh, your wonderful rains in the natural. But we also pray for the rain in the spirit to come upon us, oh God. Lord, we thank you that you will bless every hearer of the message today. Prepare the hearts, oh God, and let the seed fall on fertile soil in Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, it feels, if I look across the audience, as if some of you people I haven't seen in two years, uh, Samantha, yay, definitive, praise God. <laughs> And there's Stratton and Cheryl and all these people. I have seen you in the meantime, but just like a special welcome. You know, they come all the way from Randfontein. You know how far Randfontein is. Well, praise God. Good morning, everybody. It's so lovely to see you. And I'm honored to be ministering the word in the half hour that we have. And I pray, as I was blessed by this word, that you will be blessed by it. And... Um, you know, I always when I look to the left here and I see my sister sitting right on the left there. Sorry if I don't always make the eye contact, but you know, <laughs> praise God. Good morning, and here we go. You know, uh, this is the time of the year, and it's the last, basically, Sunday morning uh, of the year, and then Saturday morning, as you've heard, one hour strictly, two services. Pastor Harold will bring a wonderful word. And then uh, Sunday evening is, of course, a word from the Lord also next week. And tonight, of course, don't miss tonight. But, you know, this time of the year, I always think back over the year. And I'm sure that all of you have been thinking. Uh, yesterday morning, I asked the people at the prayer meeting, uh, just what's the first word that comes to mind when you think about this year? And things came out like we're thankful, we're grateful, and so forth. But for some of us, it was a very, very difficult year. So one of my brothers sitting there, Johnny, uh, we've kind of like went through this whole COVID thing together. And some of us really have had not a nice year. But as I was thinking about this, I also started to think about next year, 2022, which by now you should know is going to be the year of the Word of God. It's going to be the year where I tell you I would not be surprised. Now, this is not prophetically. This is not whatever. This is just in my heart. The way I'm looking at things, Jesus' coming is so close. So close, hallelujah. And we've got to get the harvest in, etc. But I was, as I was thinking about the year, the Lord dropped something in my spirit. Now, these verses have always been very close to my heart. As a matter of fact, if you, if you could see my Bible here, it's just scribbled so much, I, I can hardly even read the words anymore because I've made circles and, and notes over the text and everything. But a new thing happened in my spirit because I realized, and listen to me carefully, if you get this, you get the message. The verses I'm gonna give you is the key to a successful 2022. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a successful 2022. I want a blessed, peaceful, happy, prosperous 
time in 2022. And the key is this. You know, I was thinking, and um, as, as I was reading these verses, I realized there's about 19 messages, at least 19 messages in just these three verses. That's how packed it is with the fullness of God. And as a matter of fact, the whole word is like that. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to these verses. And I want you to write today's date there. And I want you to write 2022 there. Because these verses, I believe, will become the foundational verses for you. It is in my precious book of Proverbs, chapter number 3, verse 5, 6, and 7. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6, and 7. Now, obviously, I can quote it, but I want to read it, and I want you to take a pen, and as I read it, I want it to be cemented into your heart this morning, and this is what I'm going to spend the morning with you about. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust. Now, on the word trust, you can preach a whole message. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. With what? With all your heart. Not your mind, not your feet, not your hands, your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean, lean, what does that mean? Not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Hallelujah. And then the promise come. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct, direct your paths. And then there's just these words at the end in verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The man that wrote these words is Solomon. Solomon, probably the wisest person that ever lived apart from Jesus, of course. Solomon wrote these words because he had some experience. He, he did not have it plain sailing throughout all the days because he, and as I later show you, he went a bit off track for a time. But this Solomon gave the answer and the key to successful living. Let the wisdom of God that is contained in these verses become the road map for you from this day forward all the days of your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So I want to tell you, if this is wisdom, where do you get wisdom from? Where do you get this key for a hopeful future from? It is found in James 1 verse 4 and 5. Now listen to what is connected to wisdom in verse 4. But let patience, I don't know how many of you need patience. I'm the first to raise my hand, but I don't ask for it because if I ask for it, I'm presented with a test. Some of you got that. Please don't pray for wisdom. It's the worst thing you can do. Just get it. <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work. This is James 1 verse 4. That you may be perfect. How many of you want to be perfect? If you don't raise your hand, I'll come down there. 
and complete. Complete means you are everything that God wanted you to be. Oh, I want that. Lacking nothing. Honestly, how many of you want to say, I don't want to lack anything? I'm serious. So if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, if you want to live a life lacking nothing, what's the key? Wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, what do you have to do? Just ask of God. And what will he do? Who gives to all liberally. The key for us, for the future of our lives, is to not lean on our own understanding, to not trust in ourselves, but to begin to live wholeheartedly and completely trusting in God and nothing else with the wisdom that accompanies it. If we get that, we will not go down, but we will go up, literally. Praise God. So wisdom is the key that unlocks every door. Have you ever thought about the mistakes you've made in your life and why you've made those mistakes? It probably is because we, re we relied more on our own way, our own understanding, our own interpretation. We did not apply the wisdom of God as we ought to. So if we take these verses anew and study them, I would even go as far as to say, if I were you, which I have been doing now for a week and a half more, I would take these verses until I have a full revelation of every word in it. Because God said, not Tians, God said, tell my people, these are the keys to a hopeful 2022. So, if you want the fullness of these, put emphasis on each and every word in this portion that I've given you. So let's start the first one there, Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just there. What's the definition or the, the word trust mean? Trust is a heart matter. Have you ever had a situation that you could not figure out with your head, but your heart you felt it, and you knew what to do in here. Is there anybody? Yes. That is trust. That is when nothing makes sense anymore, but you know that you know trusting God. It's the same as faith. Belief, on the other hand, is a mental, a mind thing. As Christians, we need to trust God now more than ever. About 14 years ago, maybe, one day I was sitting in an airplane and I got this revelation as we were up there somewhere over the, the sea, 35,000 feet or whatever up in the air. And I suddenly realized that I heard somewhere that on these long flights, I don't know if it's true, please, but it's very scary if it's true, that these pilots go onto autopilot, the plane, and they can actually sit and sleep. The plane flies by itself with all those passengers over the sea, come on. If you don't know what faith is, that's faith. Do not want to get out of the plane at that stage. You've got to trust the pilot. Now, I want to tell you one thing. We've got a pilot of our planes, and that pilot will not fail you. He's going to take you safely to your destination. 
He's going to take you through. You're not going to get stuck. You're not going down. You're going through. Hallelujah. Oh, that excites me. Praise God. You might not have a relationship with the pilot or the plane, the pilot of the plane. But I want to encourage you to build relationship now as never before with God. You know, I am quite, I don't want to use the word scared, but I'm disturbed rather when I look at what's happening in the world and the speed with which it is happening. If I look at the unfolding of world events and it's all kinds of things, Pastor Harold will speak more about that, I believe, on the uh, New Year's Eve message. But I want to say to you, the signs are screaming out at us. Now is the time to build relationship as never before. I have made it my business since this horrible COVID episode. I just want to tell you the one good thing about it is it brought me to a new place with God that I've never been before. Believing in God is good thing, but believing God is a better thing. You've got to believe God when he says, trust, trust me. There is no way you're going to figure out how to go forward in your business, in your family matters, in your everything. We've got to be at a place where we trust God as never before. And I need to get on here. You know, you've got to trust people every day. Amen. It's hard sometimes, particularly if you've been, you know, one, some, somebody once said, the church is the only place where the sheep can bite the shepherd. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you've got to navigate your way through so many things in life. But this one thing I know, you've got to trust people. You sitting on a chair. How many of you came and inspected that chair before you sat down? No, you just sat. Because somebody like Louis Biechemann there in the back that's an engineer, he had the brains to figure out that this thing must be so strong and put together like this so that he can, or that a person with a little bit of extra weight can sit on it and it won't just fall. So you've got to trust people. You've got to trust the doctor that operates on you. You've got to trust the anesthetist that put you to sleep, that he will get you out of that sleep again. You've got to trust the designer of your vehicle. It's going to take you from A to B. You've got to trust the pilot. You've got to trust people. How much more do we have to trust God? I mean, putting your money in the bank. What are they going to do with it? You've got to trust them not to steal it. It's only when we trust God and demonstrate that trust by actually doing what he told us to do that we'll reap the benefits. You know, you've got to trust him completely. You've got to trust him wholeheartedly. I cannot trust God a little bit and other part of me not. No, I've got to trust God completely. This is why Galatians 2.20 is the foundational scripture of my life. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Tien's Blom who lives. I said to somebody in the week, and I know you're watching me now and you're probably smiling. But I said to somebody in the week, if you want to offend a corpse, it is impossible. So guess what? If you take offense, you're still alive. <laughs> die. Please don't die physically. Just, just die to the world and all its stuff. 
Proverbs 30 verse 5. Oh, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. First Chronicles 5 verse 20. We see Israel again is at war with the nations, or rather the nations around Israel is at war with them because Israel is a peaceful nation. They don't want to go and make war just for nothing. But the nations around was making war. And First Chronicles 5 verse 20, listen to these words. You prayer warriors, you people that love God, you out there that hear me today and that join in on the Saturday mornings from across the world, wherever you are, never stop praying. Because here we see First Chronicles 5 verse 20. These people are making war with Israel. But it says, he heeded their prayer because they put their trust in him. What kind of a war are you facing right now? I heard somebody this morning say, the only wish on a radio station, the only wish they have is for the estranged, uh, uh, what's it, estranged children to uh, be with them on Christmas Day. Families are falling apart. Businesses have taken a knock. Things have happened. You might be in a war, but listen to verse 22. The war was God's. Find it in your Bible. Underline it. I want to tell you from this side to that side, from the back to the front, you watching. Your war is not your own. Your war is God's war, and He will fight for you if you pray and put your trust in Him. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And the next portion there, and lean not on your own understanding. You know, whenever we face as counselors a situation that we don't know what to say anymore, when did nothing make sense, when, when you can't even figure out what is happening here, it is so easy for us to say, brother and sister, lean not on your own understanding and hope the people feel better. But the truth is, we can never lean on our own understanding. We've got to trust God's understanding of a situation. If you want to do yourself a favor in every situation that you face ever, particularly if it does not make sense, say the following, Father, please just show me what are you doing here. Give me the wisdom to deal with it. My wife is not a talkative person. But when she speaks, you can listen, and that's a compliment, my sweetie. <laughs> the other day she said to me, what does God know that we don't in a situation? You see, we lean on our own understanding too often, but we've got to lean not on our own understanding. You know, Noah, leaned not on his own understanding when God told him to build a, build a boat when there was no rain, nothing. Abraham did not lean on his own understanding when God told him to go out to a land and he went out not knowing where he was going, the word says. Imagine if he leaned on his own understanding when he walked up that mountain with his son Isaac. Imagine Daniel leaning on his own understanding when he was cast into the lion's den. Imagine Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego thinking 
and leaning and wondering about what is happening here. Leaning on their own understanding as they was cast into that oven. Imagine Stephen. Lord, I've given everything to you. And here the rocks are flying towards me and it hurts. Leaning on my own understanding. No. And then, of course, Peter, when he walked on the water, leaning not on his own understanding. I don't know when last you tried to walk across the swimming pool. If you lean on your own understanding, you'll sink. But if you lean on the understanding of the Lord, the impossible becomes possible. The war is not yours, it's God's. Surrender, trust in Him, wasting no time any further trying to figure out things. Let go and let God. David understood this. And oh, I love this. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. He writes here, Hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. It's what the Israelites did. They said, they said, did. They said, Lord, hear my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, hallelujah. Today, you've got to do some mountain climbing closer to God and further away from the hordes of the enemy that is around you. Just climb up to God in your prayers, a rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. And then he says, up here on this mountain in your presence, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Think about the thing you are facing today. If it is a war, it is God's war. If you have been thinking with your own understanding to try and figure this out, stop. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is where we are living with the confidence that God always does what is best for us. You know, Joseph, we've heard a million sermons I've exaggerated, but you understand. You've heard just about every sermon. But every time I think about the life of Joseph, it excites me and I take courage again. You see, if God destined you for a palace, no prison can hold you down, hallelujah. Your destiny is in the hands of God, not of man. You don't have to please everybody or anybody around you as long as you have your eyes set on the goal that God has for you. What is your goal? What do you want to achieve for 2022? Maybe write it down somewhere today in your quiet time. You know, somebody said once, what do you want to be when you're grown up? And this little girl answered, alive. That's quite something, eh? So, Peter could walk on the water, listen. It was possible, but it wasn't natural. If any of you have been walking on water, you know it's possible, but it's not natural. 
So God can take your wrong or the wrong decisions, the mistakes other people have made in your life. Listen, Romans 8 verse 28 is still true. God still works all things together for those who love him. So nobody can stop your destiny. Joseph's brothers wrongfully accused him and was jealous of him, and they got him into the pit. What did Joseph do? He did not give up. He endured. Child of God, now is the time to endure as never before. Then Potiphar's wife, what did she do? She accused him, and he went to prison. And you've heard sermons on from the pit to the prison but nobody could stop him from going to the palace. What is God's destiny with you, each and every one of you watching me out there? What is his destiny? The devil cannot stop you. He cannot hold you down, but you've got to apply wisdom and trust in the Lord as never before. Hallelujah. Genesis 50 verse 20. He met, he met up with his brothers again. And these are the most beautiful, encouraging words, or of the most, most beautiful, encouraging words, the entire Bible. It says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. The brothers meant evil against him. Who is meaning evil against you today? Who is wanting to harm you? Who is wanting to pull you down? But listen, there is still a God on the throne that says this will work together for good for you, child of God. Come on. Oh, he worked it together for good. The purposes of God will eventually overcome the plans of men. No man can stop you. No man can dictate to you, can push you down, can keep you down. If God wants you to go up, you will go up. Hallelujah. Oh, no one can prevent you. This man endured. You know, when Joseph faced his brothers, imagine what he must have felt like. Imagine that feeling of hatred, animosity, the pain in his heart. But he did not lean on his own understanding. When Peter walked on that water, he did not lean on his own understanding. When these men and women of God that have died as martyrs stood there with flames creeping up their legs for the sake of Christ, walking up the gallows, facing a loaded gun, whatever, when they faced it, do you think they leaned on their own understanding? It is not possible to survive when you lean on your own understanding. It is only when you lean on God and trust Him that you can face the impossible. You go and read the Fox's book of Martyrs. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 is still true. God will be with you to the very end. But there's a condition. You've got to do what He's told you to do. Go make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them. Child of God, don't take a portion of a scripture. Take the whole scripture. So, coming in for a, a landing here, which hopefully is not a crash landing, because time is running so quickly. Imagine getting halfway across the ocean, 
and suddenly you decide, no, this plane is taking far too long to get to my destination. You knock on, well, you can't do it these days, they'll lock you up. Uh, imagine those days you could still lock and open the door and yeah, the pilot said, and you say, listen, get out of this seat. I'm going to get us quicker to my destination. No, that's what we do with God sometimes. When God does not come through for us in the way and the time that we want him to, what do we do? God, get out of the seat. I'm taking over. And we begin to dictate to God and command him and whatever. There's place for that to talk to God and stand on promises. But listen to our prayer language sometimes. And just maybe sit back and say, I trust in you to take me through. That's what it's about. And then you actually do it. This Solomon had such good understanding of whatever he faced. But listen to what the word says in Isaiah 55, verse 9. For as the heavens, Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways Trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways acknowledge Him. So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This very same Solomon wrote in Proverbs 2 verse 6, The Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth comes knowledge and what? Understanding. Open your ears and listen to what he has to say. There is a thing called the sacred-secular divide. That is an evil that has somehow crept into the church. I am not a holy person doing holy things on the holy day in the holy place on Sunday. And Monday I go to the secular world, 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 where I work in the world according to a set of principles there. No, that wall must be broken down in all your ways, your Sunday ways and your Monday to Saturday ways. All of them must be committed to the Lord. We cannot just have this divide of one side this and the other side that. No, no, no. Samuel, 2 Samuel 22 verse 31 says, 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. As for God, His way, and by the way, the Hebrew word for way is derek. It's like direct. A way must be direct. So, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. Do you need a shield in this war? He is your shield. Hallelujah. Please go and re read Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Time won't allow me. But we know that it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything that you need, take it to the Lord and leave it there. So being half in the plane and half out of the plane is a very, very dangerous place to be. You've got to be in Christ. Colossians 1.27, Christ in me. Christ cannot be in me on a Sunday and out of me on a Monday to Saturday. Amen? Oh, he will make your paths straight. So we see that Paul, when he began his journey, the word came to him in Acts 9 verse 11, where it says, go to the street called 
straight. Please walk a straight road in 2022. Because if you walk like this, you might lose your way when you've got to trace your steps back. So walk straight with the Lord. He also rebuked Elimas, the sorcerer, and he said, why do you pervert the straight ways of the Lord? Don't allow people to pervert the straight ways of the Lord. You walk straight with the Lord. You walk in wisdom. You lean not on your own understanding, and you trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then the last point. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I end with a story. You've probably heard this, but um, just listen in the context of what I was saying. None of us know what 2022 holds, but we know who holds 2022. And that is very important. And as long as I am in Him and He is in me, do you think I'm going to go down? No ways. So there's the story of the Cherokee child that have to now become a man. And then the father takes him into the jungle and he says to him, you've got to sit on this log with a blindfold throughout the night. You may not scream. You may not cry out. You may not make a noise. You may not shout. You've just got to sit on this log with a blindfold. And tomorrow morning when the sun's rays begin, rays begin to shine through the blindfold, you may take it off. You also may not tell anybody else about your experience. If you survive the night, you will be a man. If you don't, sorry for you, it's over with you. So this old father takes his son, puts him down on the log, puts the blindfold on, and the night falls around this little boy, all alone in a jungle with all kinds of wild animals and scary sounds. And he sits there, and he's shivering, and he's thinking, am I going to make it through this night? But I'm not going to cry out in fear. I want to become what my father wants me to become, a man. So having survived the night, the next morning the rays of the sun shone on his blindfold. And to his surprise, when he took it off, his father was seated next to him. He sat there the whole night watching over his boy. You might not see God next year. You might hear all kinds of scary sounds. But know one thing. Your God is right next to you. In and through 22. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Oh, Father, we thank you. We can face an uncertain future because you love Jesus. Because he loves, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And so, Father, no matter what happens, we've got a good word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall bring it to pass. Nothing can keep us down. Lord, in 2022, you will see us through I bless you all now to go in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the peace of God be upon you in this day.
For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.